Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. All right. Hockey is back. We're all happy. The dates are set. The divisions are aligned. Hockey's ready to go. I'm just going to quickly PayPal you about 20 bucks because if no, you thought no, I wasn't no, talking about the Bills no. winning the AFC East, you no. are high. Okay, fine. Can we at least talk about the Jets blowing uh, their chance at getting Trevor Lawrence today? Okay, yeah, that's actually hysterical. That's, I mean, that's the Jets being the Jets. Even when they are historically bad, can get a franchise quarterback, they screw it up. Who's going to get him now? Jacksonville. Jacksonville's going to get Trevor Lawrence. The New England Patriots got mathematically limited from the playoffs today, and the Buffalo Bills won the AFC East yesterday. This is the happiest I've been as a sports fan since the Wings won the Cup in 08. I I should tell you, Brad, that I was going to text you to congratulate you, and I was actually going to give you you know, an unfettered window of time on this episode to say, like, do what you want, man. But <laughs> the degree to which you've Buffalo Bills'd my own Twitter feed because like you, I, I don't know how Twitter's algorithm works, but like the people you interact with the most, which are like you, the podcast account, and sometimes Evan, um, will influence my feed the most. The do, the amount of Bills tweets <laughs> that have been showing up on my feed, I was like, oh my God, screw this guy. I'm so done with him. So that was it. Now, I mean, you, wait, you don't sort your Twitter by latest? Uh, I switch back and forth, honestly. I, I've kind of become oh. like, I have some Stockholm syndrome. I now, can't, so I-, I can't do the way you do anymore. I just, I can't like I tried and I did. Cause I, I understand the purpose of that algorithm. I just, it's awful. I can't do it. Yeah. I have to just go by latest and my own feed. And, um, yeah, it was, I normally I'm, you guys know me during games. I'm a very active tweeter for the Red Wings. I want to be like that for the bills, but I understand who my followers are and they don't care. So I try to keep it in a normal week to an absolute minimum, if anything at all. Yesterday, all bets were off. That was a moment 25 years in the making for me, like 25 years in the making. So t- I'm like, yeah. I'm, I, I hope everybody that follows me respected me enough to understand this was a one off unless like the bills go on a playoff run or something, then there'll probably be a couple more, but it's like, I will be back to my regularly scheduled Red Wings content, but I I needed to celebrate that because of the pandemic. I couldn't go out, get smashed and throw myself through a table like I should have been able to do yesterday. Uh, anyone who did choose to unfollow Brad, can I recommend um, a following at Hockeytown Evan? Evan, um, though not a prolific tweeter, um, excellent retweeter and a curator of content that you probably saw three <laughs> days ago. <laughs> yeah, if you ever need your memory refreshed, I'm all I'm on it. I've got if, you covered. If you were sitting there and going, I liked that tweet a few days ago, but I don't have the energy to search it up again. Don't worry. At Hockeytown Evan has you covered. If you're like me, I read something and I forget it five seconds after I saw it. So sometimes it's nice. <laughs> Testament to that being true. Literally, I, I cannot say this emphatically enough. Literally, in its original definition, seconds before I hit record, I said, okay, we're going to do our whole thing, like our, our audio check and everything. And then the moment Brad starts speaking for the open, we're going to mute ourselves. Evan... 
all you heard in the background was <sighs> <laughs> did not mute for a second through Brad's entire intro. And I'm just sitting here like this guy can't be helped. He's like, I was, <laughs> I was trying to prep all my tabs in time, but uh, I didn't get there. Yeah, the, the 35 minute uh, lead in we had to the episode before we started recording wasn't enough. I was looking at other things, man. Christmas is coming up. I got to scope out the new uh, jacket I want and the base layers uh, I need. Man, it's December 20th. I, I think you missed your window to request gifts at this point, especially considering our entire province is shutting down in a couple days. I'm I'm very lucky the internet never sleeps. So, um, <laughs> Oh, you're buying I, these for yourself? Okay, never mind. Yes. Yes, I am. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast, uh, concluding our little pseudo off-season. Um, thank you guys so much for bearing with us through that. Like Brad said, hockey is back. So are we. We are excited for Red Wings hockey, and we are excited to bring you yet another season of uh, what you guys have made the biggest Detroit Red Wings podcast on the air and one of the biggest um, hockey podcasts um, around. So thank you guys for that. We can't wait. Uh, I am Ryan Hanna. I am unbelievably happy. Brad Crisco. And I'm Evan. And I'm Evan. Um, on this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing the details of the league's return, um, what to look forward to, how this all can go catastrophically wrong, but in all seriousness, um, uh, a layout as to what to expect with the NHL and also what to expect with the uh, Red Wings um, and these this podcast specifically. Uh, we had an interview with a friend of ours who is extremely well-versed in Swedish hockey um, to get a little bit of an insight as to how Red Wings players have been doing over in Europe. And uh, yeah, I guess whatever other topics came up or will come up. So, um, And as that happened or as I was doing this intro, um, our good friend Steve Dangle just texted us confirming that he will be on in a future episode. So that'll be exciting for everyone. Um, I've had enough people poking my side about that for a while now. So I, I figured, um, yeah, Steve has a baby. So a lots of free time. I'm sure I took that personally. <laughs> the, <laughs> the text I sent him where I'm like, I'm sure you're swimming in free time cause you have kids. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and it, it's perfect timing because we, Ryan mentioned that we had like a 40 minute talk pre episode before we actually started recording. And that's because a it's Christmas it's new year's. Hockey's back. We literally couldn't figure out how to structure our schedule over the next few weeks to be able to get all the divisional previews in and the Red Wings season preview um, and not screw with anybody's Christmas plans or, you know, overlap the start of the season with these. So um, I'm sure Ryan will tell you guys at some point this episode, our schedule for the next couple of weeks is going to be weird. But it was carefully constructed to make sure we could get you all five previews between now and when the season starts, because the season starts in less than a month. Yeah, we outside of like when we scale back to two episodes a week or scale back from two to one episode a week, um, we literally give ourselves one episode off per year it's legitimately around christmas whatever episode is most convenient to take off around christmas we we're like all right that's our break um, this is our one week with zero episodes and what does the nhl do <laughs> <laughs> they give us a giant love no they gave us hockey back and the price we paid was we just had to reschedule a little bit so there's there will be a a, a gap a little bit and we'll explain that in a little while um but you are going to be getting like brad said all that content so um, just a few hours ago, the NHL has made official what we've been talking about for some time. 
the league and the players association have agreed to terms to uh, return for the 2020-2021 season, which is in effect the 2021 season. And that's how I'm going to refer to it from now on, um, on January 13th with the regular season concluding on May 8th. Um, the Stanley Cup playoffs will go back to a normal, sane, um, as uh, the good Gord intended it, 16-team playoffs, four rounds, best of seven, none of this playing crap, um, with a re- plan to return to a normal schedule for the season thereafter. Um, that's going to be a 56-game season. That is their plan. And I know that May 8th end date has a buffer window built into it afterwards. So if things get delayed because of COVID, I'm sure they're going to be playing makeup games thereafter. Um, And they have confirmed the realignment into four different divisions. North, which is the Canadian division, East, uh, Central, and West. So just to confirm, Detroit's division is a Central. So a little bit of a flashback before the... uh, for pre-realignment days. That's Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Florida, Dallas, Nashville, Tampa Bay, and Detroit. So um, lots of blasts of the past there with Chicago and uh, Dallas and Nashville in that division. I think that's going to be um, nostalgic in a funny way. But yeah, that that's the division Detroit's in. West is Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Minnesota, LA, Vegas, San Jose, and St. Louis. And East is Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, uh, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. And then North is obviously all the Canadian teams. So um, you play each team in your division eight times, or if you're a Canadian, you play them nine or 10 times. And training camps begin on January 3rd, unless you're one of the teams that got absolutely screwed, run over, railed, and a lot of other lewd words by the... Um, the play-in and the draft lottery system, well, then you do get the the very generous reward. And this, I'm sure this makes up for everything of uh, starting camp three days early on December 31st. Is that a reward? Like, obviously I understand the joke you're making there is that it's hilarious that the three days extra is the reward they get, but that's, they're not getting a New Year's Eve, a proper New Year's Eve now with their families and every other team still might. No, no. <laughs> like, like, come on now. I mean, I know in this world of pandemic, nobody's probably doing anything. So really, who cares? It's just optically, it's funny to me because it's like literally putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound and then somehow shooting them in the bullet wound again. But, <laughs> but, but whatever. It is what it is. Um. One first thought: the North Division, stupid. Everybody's going to refer to it as the Canadian Division. Why do you, why do you screw with that? Two, um, a lot of people I seen today because the Red Wings Division is easily the the weakest of the group. A lot of people saying, "Oh, they might make the playoffs." I mean, it's a weak division. They're still at best the seventh best team in the division. <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a plan. We have hockey coming. We know when, we know how much of it. This is a win. Everybody's hyped. COVID could say screw that at any minute, but hey, they they were smart enough to add a buffer. Not every league was willing to do that, <coughs> NFL. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at the positives here. Hockey's back. We have a plan. We have dates. That's all I needed to hear right now. Yeah, yeah. Um it hasn't really set in because, you know, people will flash back or <laughs> Mel will say, so you miss Red Wings hockey? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. She's like, you remember 
Do you remember how you felt about it when it was ending last season? I was like, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Evan, you're trying to talk on mute, buddy. Oh, first. This is my first episode, so I'm just getting used <laughs> to the whole logistics of how this works. That's um, legitimately the first time he's ever actually muted himself. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't do it. But anyway, as I was saying, uh, I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> yeah. That is that is the actual truth. Like, we are just ready for that pain. I would rather have that pain than nothing at all. And that was, like, the world telling us, like, oh, you want Red Wings hockey to end? Boom, gone for a year. And we're like, okay, we won't say it again. At least I'll feel something. <laughs> it might be pain and misery, but I'll feel something. Yeah, I've been uh, kicking over snowmen in my neighborhood just to feel alive. I pushed over a kid in a full snowsuit the other day. Nothing. I'm completely <laughs> numb. Uh, fun fact, that kid was actually Brad. He just couldn't help <laughs> because he was so popped up. His... <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then, I don't know, whenever I, there's conversations about when um, vaccines are available for public purchase by corporations and stuff, the NHL and other professional sports leagues. I'm sure going to be among the uh, foremost purchasers of those. I'm I'm hoping they don't jump people in line, and especially not frontline people. But I don't think that's actually the case, so we won't speculate about that. Um, and uh, I I mean, side note here, maybe someday we'll get them, and then I can stop talking to Evan through a computer screen because I know he likes that, and I don't like to make Evan happy. Yes, my favorite. <laughs> um, quick thoughts on Detroit's division. I, I will agree it's probably the weakest of the divisions, even with the Minnesota-Dallas swap, which I'm sure a lot of teams in that division weren't huge fans of, because um, obviously Dallas is far superior to Minnesota. Um, but outside of Tampa and Dallas, there aren't any powerhouses in that division. Carolina's on their way up. We don't know what Nashville is. Columbus is always tough. But again, not powerhouses, beatable teams. Um, Chicago's bad. Detroit's bad. Um God knows what we're going to get out of Nashville this year because they're they've been trending in the wrong direction for a couple of years now and haven't had an active off season. Um, ironically enough, a really good landing spot for Mike Hoffman or Andreas Athens to see you if they so choose. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it the craziest thought in the world to think Detroit could slip in as a four seed because the top four in each division make the playoffs regardless of everything else? It's not the craziest thought in the world. I could definitely see them finishing ahead of chicago i could actually see an argument for them being a favorite to finish ahead of chicago i mean malcolm suban's chicago starting goalie so detroit's already got a major leg up um i don't have a good argument for them being better than nashville or columbus um or florida who i forgot to mention earlier but i could see a reality where they're better than a couple of those teams and that might be enough not betting on it but yeah, it's not the craziest thought in the world yeah, if I had to put odds on it right now, I would probably say this is the year where um, Detroit finishes higher than they deserve just because it's a funky format, right? Like you have a bad team that's isolated in a bad enough uh, division of the four that we named before, and that's a recipe for them just getting like artificially pummeled even further down the standings than they would in a typical season. And, you know, it, let's say Detroit's depth signings and, you know, uh, getting rid of the rot to reuse a term that we've used on past episodes. Let's say that was super effective and it brings Detroit back to a normal amount of points for a bad team because last year was an abnormal amount of points, like none. <laughs> um, 
then yeah, they're probably going to jump up to instead of 31st, like you're talking 28th, 27th, when in any other season, they would still be 31st. So it's pretty wide open. Um, there's no Lafreniere in this draft, so I'm not like crying tears over that, but it will make for some funny situations. Yeah. And I, I think you even re- referenced this an episode or two ago, but it's a 56 game season. So a short season with a revamped team in a weak division. It might not necessarily be Detroit, but this season has like a couple teams going on a PDO bender written all over it. So the nice thing. So here's the thing. I, I know what a lot of Red Wings fans are thinking as we be sit here being optimistic about it. Oh, the Red Wings can't be good. Think of the draft pick and we can't have them going to the playoffs and not selling all their UFAs at the deadline. Well, the real reason to not sell UFA at the deadline if you're going to go to the playoffs would be playoff revenue. Well, that might not be an issue this year. So even if the Red Wings are flirting with a playoff spot at this year, Steve Eisman won't have a lot of reason to not still sell the UFAs, right? Because if they do and then they fall out of the playoff race and you know lose the playoff revenue in a normal year, that would suck. But that's not the case this year. Yeah, interest might wane and some fans might be a little angry, but I, I think Steve Eisenman's a smart enough GM to know that even if they do go on a run this year, it's not, it, it, it's a mirage. Um, and they still need the assets for the future. So I'm not personally super worried about that, even if they do go on a PDO bender. Um, and again, you have 10 unrestricted free agents. Good asset management is not letting all of them walk so <laughs> for nothing. So yeah, I, I, I'm not super concerned about that. And hell, I mean, worst case scenario, they sell less UFAs than you would think, but it opens up enough spots to give, I don't know, Valeno and Cider a look towards the end of the season and they get to play meaningful hockey games. That's a win in and of itself. Um, important note on that. They are reducing the amount of games played like that threshold so they can no longer get nine games in. It has to be six now because I believe they reduced the threshold from 10 to seven for. Yeah. That's the yeah. ELC barrier. So if Cider or Valeno play seven games this year, that year of their contract is burned. Now, for Valeno, probably not the greatest thing. But for Cider, looking at what Vancouver and Colorado did with McCarr and Hughes, probably actually a wise idea. If you know he's going to be good and you're willing to bet on it, you burn that year. So you get him re-signed earlier before he really takes off and you thus get him cheaper. So I could see the Red Wings wanting to shoehorn Cider into, um, you know, seven plus games this year just to burn that that year off as elc yeah so uh some other key dates i know i said they built in buffer at the end to play some games in case they need to but their current plan is to finish on may 8th and start the playoffs on may 11th so if they don't have to move anything that is what their plan is um january 13th is the tentative start date again tentative things still have to you know get planned and, and executed and as we know, that's not just like a passive warning. It's very realistic that it's not the 13th. No exhibition games. Um, February 1st is when teams can start to ask players to waive no movement clauses for the Seattle expansion draft. Um, so that's when those conversations can start happening. April 12th is the reported by uh, good old uh, Margarita Bob McKenzie. Um, Bobby Margarita, sorry. Um, that's the expected date for the trade deadline. So that's April 12th. Um, and then July 15th is looking likely to be the last possible day that the cup can be awarded. Although it is, they're aiming for a little bit sooner, maybe July 10th ish. Um, 
July 17th, expansion draft protection lists have to be submitted to the Seattle Kraken. Um, July 21st will be the actual Seattle expansion draft. The 23rd and 24th is the NHL draft. And the 28th will be NHL free agency. So that is going to be a meaty, meaty month, the month of July. <sighs> I suppose Happy that, birthday to me. Yeah, I suppose that draft is going to be um, virtual as well. That's just when I needed more anxiety on my 34th birthday. We're never going to get those flights refunded, huh? <laughs> Zero chance. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we you have a credit. That's good for a year. I'm like, my man, in a year, we're still going to be at home. Where do you want me to go? <laughs> um, yeah, the, like you said, the, the changing of the threshold doesn't really move too much. It scales with the season, I suppose. Um, it's optimistic. I think they it was smart of them to put the financial crap away, and I would think it was smart of them to not try to jam in an 82-game season. I can understand why they said they, they have to try to, but it just was never going to happen. Um, I do think it's a good plan to just get this over with now, rip off the Band-Aid, one more weird season, and then next year come back to normal. I think they would have done an 82-game season if the vaccine was ahead, of course, and they could have got butts in the seats this year, but I think they know that this year is going to basically operate at a loss. That it was just like, yeah, fine. We'll just, we'll keep it minimal. We'll have a shortened off season, but not too short to the point where next season can start on time and in full. It might be a reduced training camp or preseason, but who cares? They'll, they're with this plan, they're very obviously trying to get the next season rolling early October. So, which is good. I mean, the sooner we can get back to normalcy, the better. And based on the projections of when, at least North America is supposed to be fully vaccinated. At least those with common sense who are actually going to take the vaccine. Um, it's looking by the end of September. So right now, there's no reason to think that next season can't operate fully 82 games, full stadiums, every game. So yeah, this is absolutely the right way to approach it. Well, didn't Florida say they are going to start the regular season with... Um what were their words? Limited capacity of fans, mm-hmm. so, which is what yeah. they've been doing since their yeah. inception. So <laughs> really nothing's changed. Uh, they're like, okay, you can't use rows one through nine seats, F through J. And the season ticket holders are like, those are even, I didn't even know those seats even existed. Damn. <laughs> they're, um, they were saying that they're going to limit it to 7,000 people or uh, attendance. And people said, okay. <laughs> they're like seven thousand. wow that's optimistic <laughs> uh, look i get it you're in a state with very lax rules first of all and i'm not going to comment on that i'm very tired um but that's a team that can't afford to lose money more than nearly all other teams like if you're looking at teams on the brink of moving to quebec we always rag on arizona florida's right there eh, and florida's got the sweetheart <laughs> arena deal though yeah and that's probably what's held them there that long because that's, that's literally the only thing that's held them there that long it's not a good look to be in the state of Florida with a very successful franchise down the road. Um, I don't know Florida geography, so down the road might have been insulting to someone. I'm sorry, I think. Um, but in all reality, you want to look at team like the NHL is going to say, oh, no, we want hockey to keep succeeding in the desert because we need to expand. But Tampa Bay has cornered the Florida market and we would like to print money in Quebec. So you can understand why Florida is pushing for this. My only hope is that they're sensible with it. I actually have no statistics or data or 
any kind of insight as to how it's gone for other teams who have done limited capacity. I don't know about what spreading has been like or safety has been like. So I won't talk out my ass here. Brad's making a face that makes me think that it's not. <laughs> Did you see this Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup party? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Mm, mm, yeah. But uh, there's no risk of that happening in uh, Sunrise, Florida. So How dare you besmirch the good name of S- Sergei Bobrovsky? <laughs> Did you hear the rumors of uh, uh, Spencer Knight already being considered a flight risk after his four years are up? In yeah, college? I mean, wasn't that everybody's first thought when they saw the Bobrovsky contract three days after they drafted Spencer Knight? Like, I get being patient with a goalie, but like, Jesus Christ, you just drafted your franchise goalie every, who everybody thought will be ready in a few years. And then you go out and sign a guy for eight years and, or seven years and way too much money. Yeah. Weird franchise in, in so many ways. Yeah. The only thing that could redeem Florida in my my eyes and say like, no, I will never hear anything about negative about Florida is if they do those Miami Vice crossover jerseys. I would buy one. 100%. The best. Absolutely. The best jersey the Heat have ever had are their Miami Vice jerseys, any version of them. Absolutely. But only if they go back to their uh, original 90s logo on them. Why are you this way? (laughs) Why do you You, like that logo? You know, like you are aware you're in the minority on this one, right? Which logo? I'm not the one. Ryan's the minority. There it is, folks. There we go. Meeting our quota. <laughs> no, I'm the, the logo. Am I actually in the minority on that logo? I yes, think it, you are. Which logo? You absolutely are. And if, if the, you're comparing the original it, Panthers logo, Evan, you like Le- it. Ryan Brad doesn't. No, no I, I don't do like, like it. it. Oh, I like it. it it's whatever. But I, I'm like that with every jersey. So <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not like the best logo in hockey, but like it's a good good enough logo. But compared to their current travesty of a logo, it's light years ahead of it. <sighs> The worst They've got Joel is. Quenville's face on the front of their jersey right now, and it looks like a soccer jersey. Look, if Joel Quenville was doing better as a coach right now, you would think that's a good thing. <laughs> Here, how about this? I would rather take their shoulder patch, their this stick cross over the palm tree, than either one of those logos. I think I'll give you this. That logo would work better on a Miami Vice style jersey, but that's the only place it would work better. I can't get over these. It's just so. T- I went to a school like my original grade school was the uh, was the Panthers as well, and it was just a blatant ripoff of the Panthers logo. <laughs> and I remember then saying, "This isn't good. I don't like it. It's there's too much fine detail. Like that's not it doesn't make for a good logo." Um, I'm pretty much over this topic, but on a <laughs> in in a world of of small coincidences, uh, if we're going by school, Mika is also a Panther. Look at that. There you go. You two have something in common. Yeah. Also, we uh, rip on you constantly. So we also have that. It's also true. I need to be, I need the, them to jab me with fucking whichever vaccine they can. So I can just go see Mika again. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm very annoyed. I've told her explicitly to stop growing while I can't see her. And uh, she says yes every time. But every time I see her, she's a foot taller and says a hundred thousand more words. A hundred thousand. Buddy, we're at the point she she just talks. There isn't learning anymore now. She has it. Like she's a normal functioning speaking member of society now. <laughs> I think I saw Leo Dangle driving a car yesterday. I highway. mean, okay, if you actually want your holy crap, my kids need to stop growing moment, Hank's 10 pounds lighter than Mika now. 
Holy I thought, crap. I thought you said 10 pounds lighter than me. I was like, Brad, I knew you were short, but damn. No. Yeah, Hank's up to like 27 now. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, back to hockey. So, odds on them starting on the 13th. Um, I'm going to say strong because uh, all the teams are following the uh, quarantine protocols right now. All the teams starting in their home cities on the 13th is optimistic. Uh, the Maple Leafs and Senators are going to be a tough one right now. Uh, Vancouver is going to be tough. And I think it's already been confirmed San Jose is going to be starting in Arizona. Um, so you're saying they need to have less hockey in the desert. Joke's on you, Ryan. They just doubled their teams. <laughs> Good for them. They figured it out. <laughs> and neither of them will be playing in Phoenix slowly but surely the nhl will figure out the obvious things to put them up with uh, the other major professional sports leagues um regardless i i would if they start on the 13th in my mind i will consider it just as big of a success as them pulling off the bubbles for the previous playoffs like that that's an incredibly hard feat to be uh in terms of planning um send all your prayers and and well wishes to the uh you know, the background managers and admin workers and, and uh, logistics people, the NHL, because I guarantee you they are not having any kind of holiday while they scramble to put together an entire league in under a month. Uh, I have no envy for that. Um, but yeah, if they pull this off, I'll be super impressed. Honestly, if they start February 1st, I'm just as happy. Like, I, I really don't. If they have to delay for one reason or another, like, that's completely fine by me. I would think it just as uh, big of a success. Wasn't the BC government also saying teams couldn't travel into the province to play hockey? Have they figured all that out yet? Uh, I don't know if anything's changed in the past two days, but I, I remember reading that <laughs> two days ago they didn't. What? Famous last words. I don't know if anything's changed in the past two days. Or that's just been like the theme of the past nine months. <laughs> Honestly, it felt like I, I, two days ago was today for some reason so uh, but i don't know i that was the last i heard and i haven't seen anything else on it so i don't know if you guys know anything um i didn't see anything directly on it i did see a tweet from um i want to say it was durant's commenting on it basically saying right now the impression is the ontario government will be able to be swayed into allowing the senators and leafs to operate out of toronto um but it's anybody's guess on bc's government right now yeah, it's it's still in the works. They're negotiating. They're trying to figure out how it's going to work. Um, also, part of this 56-game season, the teams will keep a 23-man roster with a taxi squad of four to six players um, just to make call-ups from the minors easier. So they're going to be still treated as AHL players. Um like they're going to have AHL salaries. The waiver rules all still apply, I'm pretty sure. But it's just going to make it so like you call up a player, you can use him if he clears rather than, you know, having him to having have that player quarantine for however many weeks or whatever so travel I, concerns. So if I was to understand this correctly, these four players, hypothetically, let's just say it's four, are going to travel with the Red Wings, correct? But they'll be deemed AHL players. They'll get... I hope they get some bonus beyond just AHL salary, but that's going to make for some interesting decisions because you definitely don't want a Cider or a Valeno or a Giovanni Smith being on the taxi squad because you want those guys playing. So they're either going to be in the Red Wings lineup or Grand Rapids lineup, which makes me think that if the Red Wings are calling up any prospects this year, it's going to be for a long time and to play. 
It's going to be the Biegas, the Lashoffs, those kind of guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, what would you rather have? Mort Sider playing every fourth game in Detroit and then having to go up and down? Or would you rather have him play 56 games in Grand Rapids, hypothetically, right? So, yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, because if they have to follow the full quarantine protocols, if they don't have the vaccines in place by then, yeah, like that's a huge waste of a season for the young guys. Because I was even tweeting about it today because the trade deadline was March or April 14th and the SHL season ends over a month before then, at least the regular season. So it would make sense to bring Cider and Valeno over. But yeah, I guess they'd almost have to make up their mind ahead of time if they're spending the season in Grand Rapids or Detroit, because if they put him in Detroit, well, they damn well better be playing in Detroit then. So yeah, if he's playing in Detroit, you keep him in Detroit. And if he goes to Grand Rapids, you keep him in Grand Rapids. You want to keep your prospects away from that 14-day quarantine as much and if possible completely because i mean you want these guys playing especially in a shortened season so the, you're not going to see a mo cider a joe valeno on the taxi squad and again now that i'm thinking about it more and more i don't think we're going to see them yo-yoing between the nhl and the ahl they're either a red wing or a griffin this season because of the call-up protocols and because you don't want them for lack of a better word rotting away on the taxi squad yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a pretty specific plan, injuries, barring anything drastic happening um, or drastic changing anything. Um, there's going to be a pretty specific plan as to when those players are going to come back, play in Grand Rapids, and what their like map is to play in the NHL. The I don't know if you want to call it good news that they can only play so many games now, but I'm sure Eisenman's saying, well, it's only six games now because of the or the seven game threshold. Um, so we know when we're going to fit in that handful of games so it's not like you know you're missing out on the opportunity to maximize nine games or whatever whatever it might be so they'll follow that plan and if they have to start it a little bit earlier i don't really think they're going to be too hellbent on this season being uh going perfectly i think if they just get more cider up in the nhl for a few games if they get joe valeno up in the nhl for a few games um that's great i'm sure they'll want them to get ahl legs under them um it's going to be a season of small successes and that's for the NHL and the Red Wings. You have to take what you can get um, in terms of actually getting NHL hockey in um, both for your team as a whole in the league and your, your prospects. So yeah, this, this taxi squad is going to be used as intended. It's going to be used for injury support and not for, you know, putting in future superstars and having them just sit in the press box most nights. Is it a hot take to say I, I don't think Mort Sider ever plays another game for Grand Rapids? The more I think about this, uh, no, no, because we've talked about this in the past. Does it make sense to slide his contract, or does it make sense to pay him his next contract sooner because you know this guy's going to be the real deal? Because if you believe in your player, which I mean, Heiserman did the moment he drafted Mort Sider six overall, then yeah that's got to be on the, the docket for you and, and he is no slouch when it comes to to cap magic and at the end of last season we were we were saying we think mo had done almost enough in grand rapids to warrant a spot on detroit day one this season that's where his development was at well he's playing another entire season in the shl for all intents and purposes it's the second ahl season right in terms of quality of competition so yeah he might get his full second developmental season and his first full NHL season in the same year. Yeah, I'm uh, again, would, depending how deep Rogla goes in the SHL playoffs. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. I, I really wouldn't if, watch him come back and they want to burn his contract, but he can only play five games. <laughs> 
not scramble to make the playoffs. Yeah, for real. Um, anyhow, that's that's the uh, details about the upcoming season. There's going to be plenty more about that. Um, we're going to give you guys a little bit of insight as to how we are going to do our lead up to um, the puck drop on potentially January 13th. So our off season is over. And here is what we are looking to do as we prepare for that. Um, this episode is just a normal episode on the 30th or sorry, uh, I lied to you, uh, on the 23rd is going to be, um, our first divisional preview episode, as well as a special interview that episode, a, a returning guest who I'm sure, um, a lot of you will be, uh, fans of, uh, the 27th, when we would usually have an episode, we're going to, that's going to be our holiday break. Uh, we are doing that in the face of Gary Bettman. You tried to ruin Christmas and you couldn't, um, we are going to drop another episode for you guys. It's going to be our second division preview on the 29th. Um, and then on the third, we are going to be back with our third division preview on the sixth will be our last divisional preview. And then the 10th will be our Detroit Red Wings focus season preview episode. And then the 13th is puck drop. So that's how we're planning to come at you. So it's going to be a little bit wonky as to when these episodes are going to come out, but we are officially done our off season. The only break now we have is to just spent time with our families um for the holidays and then uh it's it's full steam ahead so i don't know are you guys ready does it feel like we had an off season or does it feel like we've just nope. kind of been like halfway asleep for the past little while just feels like it's we're, we're keeping it going yeah it feels like we haven't stopped at all it feels like time is a flat circle it feels like august of next of 2021 is going to be like a 30 day sleep for us. I know like it's a pandemic and everybody's been at home, but like everything's been so chaotic and weird. I honestly, if I didn't leave the house, could not tell you what month it is. That's, (laughs) that's how I feel right now. And it sounds like a sarcastic joke, but it really isn't like nothing feels normal. Nothing feels like it's gone fast or slow. It's just, Time feels like a flat circle to me right now. If I didn't have a window, I would certainly feel that way. But right now it feels like there's four months of the year and it's spring, summer, fall, and winter. Yeah, no, yeah. it's what? March 217th right now? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the articles I was reading about the uh, uh, the return to play, they were listing key dates and they were like, December 38th, this is happening. I was like, no, I understand how they got there. It's confusing for me too. <laughs> okay um that is our schedule for return we are going to jump over to an interview uh with a friend of ours we have over in sweden his name is sixton funquist um has a lot of wonderful insight with uh red wings swedish prospects and players playing in the shl um has interviewed jonathan bergeren uh uh lucas raymond albert johansson um just to name a few matthias brome so um, a lot of good insight and has that kind of inside track on what's happening in the SHL. So um, here to talk a little bit of Swedish hockey, enjoy our interview with Mr. Funquist. All right. Welcome to the Wing Wheel podcast uh, interview. This is our first one in a while that uh, we're reaching out to Sweden. And I think this is actually the first one since we've talked to. No, this is that's wrong. Yeah, I was going to say it's the first one since we've uh, first European person we've talked to since Nick Lidstrom, but we've most recently talked to uh, Yoki as well. But uh, for now, actually, we have a very special guest. His name is Sixten Funquist. I hope I'm saying that okay. Uh, and he does um, all things in the world of the SHL, uh, as well as reporting on NHL Sweden, um, and has a wonderful insight on Red Wings prospects and has talked to quite a few of them. So uh, Sixten, welcome to the show. And I apologize for butchering your name. 
Hey, you did not butcher my name. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a great honor. I, I really love the show. So thank you for having me. Well, no, I appreciate you coming on and, and thank you for that. So um, you would be able to much better articulate uh, what you do because it looks like you do a ton of things in the world of Swedish hockey. So uh, walk th- walk us through um, who you are and, and, and what you do um, in kind of that realm overseas. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief, but it's uh, my, my wife is working with HR and she's she keeps telling me that my resume is, uh, well, it's not a bombshell, but it's a, it's a weird <laughs> things of mishmash of stuff. So, well, I, I used to be working like a regular, regular nine to five job as, as, as everyone else, but I figured I was pretty decent in writing. So I started writing my own blog and then I reached out to a couple of people and, uh, well, a couple of years later, uh, I, quit my job and now I'm doing this full-time in some sort of freelance role. So I'm covering hockey for NHL.com or the NHL, uh, their Swedish website. Um, I'm doing bits and pieces for EPRingside.com on occasion. I'm doing pieces for Hockeysverige, uh, which is the Swedish outlet uh, run by Uffe Bodin, uh, a pretty well-known figure. And uh, I do my fair share of work with uh, the SHL official website as well. So yeah, I, I, I got my fingers in most uh, jars of hockey over here. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, honestly, it's funny because talking to you about hockey over the last, you know, few months here, it's, uh, it seems like you just, you have those, that knowledge about so many different aspects of European hockey. So it's <laughs> honestly, Hey, it, it's, it's an easy decision to have you on the show because, uh, that's pretty widespread information. And, and for us in North America to get a really in-depth grasp, about uh, the SHL, it's not like it's difficult, but it's not like the NHL. We don't have that kind of inside track. So, um, very happy that you're you're uh, um, so well embedded across the board. Uh, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'll I'll try to live up to that uh, during our talk here. <laughs> well, it's okay if uh, if we don't. If you feel like you don't, I can just edit it out, and we can blame Brad for everything like we usually do. Oh, I thought you blamed Evan for everything, but okay. Yeah, people are pretty fond of Evan lately. So every time I attack Evan, they usually come back after me. Um, <laughs> so I guess let's start at first. Um, obviously, you know, the SHL, the biggest headline in terms of NHL players playing over there has been, um, you know, the abundance of Red Wings players and prospects. And not like they're the only ones, but you look at, you know, this second coming of the as funny as it ironic as it is to say the Swedish mafia in Detroit, um, that's kind of resurged and the SHL has kind of been that holdover point as the NHL has been working to return. Actually, as we're discussing this, they think they have made the official announcement like an hour ago. Um, they did, yeah, and I was yeah. cartwheeling throughout my house. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was on the road when it came through and I had to make sure I was focusing. Um, <laughs> so you've spoken to a few of those Red, Red Wings prospects and, and, and players overseas. So um, maybe let's walk through who you talked to and, and, and uh, some insights into what you got from watching them. Uh, um, well, to start off, I, I do have uh, uh, an article, series of articles on the SHL official website. Well, it's me and actually my podcast buddy, Dave, but he's back home in Canada waiting for an official visa back to Sweden. But that's another story. So there's an every month or every three to four weeks, we do uh, an SHL spotlight, it's called, where we pretty much pick any personality involved with the Swedish Hockey League. It could be a player, a coach, well, you name it. And we do a, a piece in English for, for the more international uh, community. And I've chosen to go down the path of prospects 
basically because I know it gets some traction overseas and <clears throat> it's also a nice way of showcasing what we've got going here. And uh, I managed to talk to the guys actually uh, editing the video um, videos and stuff for the website. So they do a bit of a highlight reel, about a minute, a minute and a half per player as well. So when we go through these uh, these interviews we follow a protocol we talk about the league from the players perspective how they broke into it we talk about the players themselves um role models maybe what made them play the position they do play stuff like that and they will also go through like what it was like breaking into the first team of the well of the uh, for the player at hand perhaps Frelunda for lucas raymond Kuleftio for for jonathan berger and stuff like that so it's we we, we follow a protocol but the conversation always goes one way or another. Obviously, we had uh, when we talked to Lucas. When I talked to Lucas Raymond, we we went into more details, and I, I don't think it showed actually in, in in the piece. But what it was like going through the draft, stuff like that. So yeah, but we do follow a protocol. We try to get personalities for the league uh, to showcase internationally. Yeah. But getting into the players, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? I mean, we got a few. <laughs> well, let's let's start with the, the Hallmark guy here, Lucas Raymond, who's been the yeah. the I mean, most prominent name in Detroit ever since he got drafted. So, what was it like, based on what you've talked to uh, Lucas, for him to go through the draft, and um, you know, how has that affected his you know start to this SHL season um, after being selected fourth overall by Detroit? Um, the the draft itself, I don't think. It has affected him at all because he's such a calm, collected guy. Um, obviously, he now he now knows where he's headed, which is probably a bit bit of a relief for him. Not knowing is always the worst part. Now he knows what he's striving towards and working towards, and the Red Wings organization can get back to him when, with some sort of feedback on what he needs to improve and stuff like that. So he need he can actually adapt his his game. Um, mold it into the Red Wings shape, if you will. Um, but as he's uh, talking about his strides as a player over the past, well, let's say the past year in 2020, um, he had a he didn't have as much ice time. Yeah, I know you mentioned it on the show uh, as well um, in the 2019-20 season because Frölunda was a pretty stacked team, and. He's been playing on and off, but he's averaging 14 minutes, 28 seconds a game right now, which is pretty decent. Uh, Roger Rundberg, their coach, isn't really... He, he's not outworking their players, so I think the guy with the most ice time by, amongst the forwards, yeah, he's playing that max feedback, and he plays 17 minutes, 46 seconds on average. So it's not a lot. It's not a great difference for, for Lucas, uh, per se. But getting into what he's sort of improved... Um, what he would tell you himself, and I think I mentioned that on the piece as well, is he's been working a lot with details, uh, maintaining speeds in turns, uh, improving his shot, getting to those uh, clean-cut areas to to use his shot because he's got a great slap shot uh, as well. And I think this season um, has been more of him kind of make his mark on the league and the team I'd say and he's done very well in doing so I'd say. What I like about him he doesn't get carried away nor does Albert Johansson or Jonathan Bergen uh, Jonathan Bergen even less so than the two others but but Lucas I mean a player of his stature could easily say in an interview to someone like me that like 
when I reach the NHL, I'm gonna, and so forth. But he's just, yeah, if I reach the NHL, he's not there yet. And I like that because for someone with his potential and his talent to keep his feet solid on the ground, it's, I mean, that's worth a lot where he's at in his career. And where Frelunda is kind of, they're struggling a bit right now. So it's important for, I think, everyone involved to just let him play his game and let things kind of come together right now. Now, you mentioned Albert Johansson, and he's been a um, he's been another key focus for Red Wings uh, fans because, you know, he was that pick that um, Hakan Anderson said uh, or really, really highly touted, and, and he was a guy that he was really after. Um, and it was only after he was drafted that Red Wings fans really became familiar with who this player is, and, and every step of his development has been strong. Um, and that seems to have continued this season as he's taken a, a big stride in the SHL. Uh, what's it like been what, or what's it been like watching Albert and, uh, you know, how do you project his career, um, throughout the SHL and maybe beyond into, uh, Detroit? Um, I, I'm going to answer this question in like a couple of parts, if you will. There are two defensemen in the league that kind of remind of each other in a way, and it's Albert Johansson and Helge Grans. Yeah, I know you talked about Helge as well uh, prior to the draft, and both of them are very offensive demon. Uh, they like to pounce whenever they get a the chance. They follow up as the second wave of attack or even a fourth forward, if you will, and they don't hesitate at all going forward. Um, and Albert actually went into detail in that, and I think I put uh, most of it up uh, on the website. He actually played center or forward before, so he knows what it's like, A, to, well, for starters, to, to kind of face that forward rushing D-man as well as a forward trying to defend. He knows what it's like to do so as a defenseman, and he also knows what to do with the puck in close quarters, close to the, the opponent's net, and he, get, he actually shows that very well this season in terms of his defensive play i think he's improved a lot in terms of physics but he's still a young guy and they all are so if the detroit organization can't build his physics a bit he'll be a prominent demon for the red wings going forward i'm fairly sure he'll be a top four um if all goes to plan because he's the way the nhl is trending right now he's pretty much molded to play uh in north america i should say yeah and, you know, that's important because the Red Wings um, are really looking to fill out their blue line. Obviously, that hasn't existed in a real way since Lidstrom retired. Um, <laughs> and even now more so that Cronwell's gone. But uh, with drafting Moritz Sider, who is a who's poised to be the, the top defenseman or top two defenseman on the right side alongside Philip Ronick, um, Albert Johansson really does slot in well on that left side if all things go well. So it's good to hear that his game is modeled uh, for the NHL. And, and it's a good transition into, you know, Moritz Sider, um, young German who stepped into to Swedish hockey after um, we initially thought he was going to go to the DEL. Um, what's it been like watching him uh, step into the SHL? And, and has he been as dominant as he looks like he is? Watching Moritz Sider entering the SHL has been a joy. He's so much fun to watch. And he's he, he plays like he's been playing this style of hockey or he's been playing senior level hockey for I don't know five seven years maybe at at, at times sometimes the the the, the inexperience kind of shines through but 
that's more of a rare occasion than, a, than, than, than the opposite, so to speak. So I, I really love what he's done so far. He's, he's so calm in pressured situations. And I, that, I think that goes to show what he's done on the smaller rink over in the... Uh, uh, he was playing with the Grand Rapids last season, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think that kind of... He, he kind of took that with him. Uh, moving back to the bigger rink and uh, going forward I expect big things from Moritz Sider and I think we all were kind of surprised when they picked him at, at number 6 in 2019 but uh, so far Stevie Y has proved everyone wrong um, and you know going back a year earlier to 2018 that was obviously a big draft with um, Zadina being picked, Valeno being picked and then right after Jonathan Bergeron being selected and uh you know, it's been the theme of a lot of these prospects we're talking about, but um, a, a pretty storied path for his development lost a lot of time to injury and, and really became a, you know, instead of talking about him as a top six player, we were worried about whether he developed into the NHL at all. And a lot of that has been put to rest, um, especially with how he started off the this SHL season. Um, is this the real deal with Bergeron? Are we seeing his true talent now that he isn't being hindered by injury? I think so. I think so. Um, especially as I don't know how much you know about the Kolefio team, but they do have two quote unquote superstars um, in Oscar Muller and jo- uh, Joachim Lindstrom, both veteran players of now. But in their kind of absence, point wise, Jonathan Bergen has been just leading the way i mean he's been excellent i don't know i haven't got his game sheets or game logs in front of me but i mean the guy is kind of creating chances by himself and if not he he knows where to move and how to get there so yeah i think he's the real deal i really do but but to be completely sure i would like to see him at least one or two more seasons in sweden just to know where he's at because this could be a one-off or it could not be so for the Red Wings to kind of play it safe I I would like to see him a a season or two more here to kind of melt into something that we know what it is so to speak you're just saying that because you know you want to watch him in Sweden a little bit longer a bit longer. I do, yeah, because <laughs> because I have my wife's uh, parents actually live in Kolefjö, so we're up there quite a lot, so I could go watch him a bit. No, no, that makes sense. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how much you've watched Momo. Is there any insight you have into Joe Valeno? Because he's been a little bit not quiet, but you know he's not every single clip you see floating across Twitter like uh, Cider, and maybe a little bit more of a uh, uh, um, slow burn on his time in the SHL. It's been a slow burn, but from time to time, he's just, you know, it's like he's realizing the capacity he has and goes, well, I'm going to score now, and then he scores. So I wouldn't read too much into it because it could be him adapting to the bigger rink. It could be Malmö. Malmö was actually being shredded. Uh, they're on a four-game win streak right now, but they were shredded before the international break, and they've been hit hard. So uh, he came to a team... Uh, working uh, uphill, so to speak. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't read too much into that because Malmö has been awful, and they're just turning things around right now. So and Valeno has been great. I mean, he's been uh, a force uh, in the, these past four games as well. Uh, and I just want to pause on him for a while because I met Nick Cronwall. Uh, I think it was in 2019. 
it must have been. I met, I met him a couple of times, and I, he, I just asked him an open question where the Red Wings were kind of going and what was going on and stuff like that, and if he could just single out a couple of players to look out for. And he especially paused on Joe Valeno, saying, this, is guy, this guy is the real deal. He's going to be a huge NHL player. He, he, wouldn't, he didn't use the name star or superstar, but he did use, I mean, this guy is a prominent NHLer in the making, and I, I, I would agree looking at him playing in the SHL, you can see he, he'll be an uh, not a decent, he'll be a good NHLer, and I really like his style of play. I really do. Yeah, that uh, that Cronwall sign, uh, seal of approval actually goes a long way too, so that's really interesting to hear. Um, I actually did a piece on him with that um, with for Hockey a while, but someone translated it to English, so it's out there in English uh, somewhere, actually. Well, if you link it, we can uh, we can show everyone, but no, that that's, that's awesome. Um, now, I, I know another guy, speaking about players that you've talked to, you've actually uh, spoken with uh, Matthias Brome. Um, I did. The Red Wings signing from the SHL, um, who I think just uh, exercised his out clause and is on his way to Detroit, probably for camp. So um, we haven't seen him play in Detroit, and we don't know too much about him. What can Red Wings fans expect from Brome? He's a very skilled puck uh, puck handling forward. Um, I think he'll he'll adapt quite well to the smaller rink. Um, I don't know if he's if he's played any international games over there, but um, what I do like about him, he's like a silent assassin because he he's a very to me. I talked to him both in Swedish and English. We had actually had him on the podcast, um, so I don't I didn't I haven't written anything when i've talked to him so it's just the podcast but he's a he's a very i wouldn't say shy but you know reserved maybe uh he's a very skillful skillful player and he shows it on the ice but he doesn't really want to put himself out there as a skilled player when talking about himself. So he was very, on the podcast interview, I remember he was very careful in choosing his words, A, because he wasn't too comfortable doing it in English, but also I think he just, I think he sees this as an adventure. I think it's, what is he, 26, 24? I can't even remember now. Uh, so so um, I think you can expect him, if he makes the team, he's a middle six player to start with, and from there, I mean, he scored some really beautiful goals from from in tight this season. He had a backhand from like I don't know, three feet out in the far corner, top left. I mean, it's, some some of the stuff he does is it's just insane yeah. when in in close quarters. What I do kind of think could pose a problem is the physicality because there are some big D men in the NHL still, even though the game is trending in that, in another direction. But if he gets the physical um, surroundings to help him out, he can be a, a, a lethal player. Not, I'm not saying he'll score 30 goals or even 30 points, but he'll be a useful player. That's awesome. And uh, another guy that you mentioned before, and not a Red Wing, uh, but could be after this next draft, which is a goaltender. Uh, I don't know if it's Jesper or Jesper Wallstedt. And uh, uh, Jesper, yeah. Jesper, yeah. So uh, we joke. Um, you know, he's the new, he's this year's uh, Askarov. Is is he going first overall or are the Red Wings taking him with his with this uh, their first round pick, especially if it's a high pick, which is projected to be. Um, is Jesper Wallstedt the real deal? 
How does he stack up in your mind to you know prominent uh, first round goalie prospects over the last couple of years? And um, would Red Wings fans, should Red Wings fans be looking at him over some of the other prospects in the 2021 draft? Um, I love watching Esper Wilson play. I'm a huge goalie guy. I, li- I like to watch. Uh, I pay. I play. I pay close attention to the style of goalies and the play of goalies and. I feel fairly certain that he's a real deal and he's a prominent NHLer for uh, a decade. I mean, the guy is so good. He's I I, I could talk about him for for hours. I, I think, but but just given the fact that he's um, he's always played about above his age, and for a goalie to do so in Sweden, that tells you a lot, uh, or at least it tells me a lot. Um, but and he has the 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 demeanor of an NHL goalie already. He's a huge guy. I can't remember his his numbers right now, but I mean, the guy is... I, I, I really like his style of play, and where the Red Wings stand with the goalie situation, um, yeah, I can see the Red Wings picking Jesper Wallstedt in the first round. I can see them do that, but that kind of... Well, Stevie Y plays his cards close to the chest but yeah I, I would hope so that would be awesome and uh he's been uh, jesper has been great for for lulio this this season he he i think he's injured right now or something um or is he off with the world Juniors? i can't even remember where he is uh yeah he's with the world juniors for crying out loud with the uh, hugo alnefeld in, in in edmonton so he won't be playing but um he, he's awesome uh what i like is his his way of kind of especially on the shootout and the, on breakaways he never makes the first move basically he he's always waiting the shooter to for the shooter to make the first move and he's so fast with his reflexes uh reflexes sorry uh i like him a lot i really do okay and i think one more question here um who is more excited uh us three hosts on the podcast or you and lucas raymond was drafted fourth overall (laughs) oh i think I think it might be me, actually. <laughs> well, that's good. That bodes well. That means it's the right yeah. thing. Yeah, it is. Um, the Red Wings made the right choice, I, I'd say. Uh, Lucas Raymond is uh, hes a prominent NHLer for four years to come. Okay, so that's uh, Sixton Funquist, everyone. Again, I mean, Bombshell is a great way to describe your resume. Uh, NHL <laughs> Sweden, uh, SHL, um, I always mispronounce this, but Hockey Sverige, and, and I'm sorry yeah. to uh, uh, Mr. Bodine, um, and then, of course, the Across the Pond podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. We will continue to talk Swedish hockey with you, and, and you are going to be con- uh, continue to be my um, uh a translator so to speak for how the shl works compared to the nhl and um looking forward to doing this again oh being too me too uh thank you so much for having me uh it's been a pleasure and welcome back we hope you guys uh enjoyed that interview um really cool insights into um red wings playing overseas and for now we're just going to do some a uh, couple quick hits before jumping into overtime um Really crappy news came out from Henrik Lundqvist. Um, let us know that he has a heart condition that's going to preclude him from playing this next season. Um, I know a lot of people were excited to watch him play in Washington. Um, I'm not ready for the King to leave hockey. I hope this isn't the end for him. Um, but of course, the main thing right now is his health. So I'm sure COVID doesn't make that easier. So no King Henrik this year. 
It sucks, man. That really sucks. The NHL, the rest of the NHL isn't good looking enough to suffer the loss of Henrik Lundqvist yet. That is very true. And uh, there's going to be a rush now to sign those unrestricted free agents that were just kind of waiting in purgatory. We saw the beginning of that with Anthony Duclair being signed by, why can't I remember? Uh, Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida Panthers signed Anthony Duclair to a one-year, $1.7 million contract, which like, is it one year? Yep. Great contract so. in my mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's basically no risk. And Florida is a team that is... Um, trying to win this year like as much as we don't take florida crazy seriously yet we probably should take them more serious than we do but um yeah it's a great pickup for them it's a no downside pickup honestly and i'm sure we're going to see a lot to come in terms of those moves will it accelerate things for steve eisenman and playing chicken with those uh gms who need to clear cap space who knows? Won't try to predict anything. What's probably going to happen is he's going to do it on the 27th when we're taking a break, and then we're going to have to record an emergency episode from our uh, Christmas dinner tables, um, and it's going to be a nightmare just because that's the way these things go. All right, we're going to jump into overtime, which has uh, been brought to you by our Red Wing or Red Wing Winged Wheel Podcast patrons. Um, these are the people who have supported us. Uh, you guys are the drivers for the show. For for everyone who contributes to us on Patreon, um, that's the reason we can continue in the off season. That's the reason we're able to scale back and jump back up to two episodes a week. You're the reason we we're able even to do the show remotely. So thank you all. Um, and we're going to start with Quaz, who says, Sup, my guys. I went full stupid last time and posted my comment on the wrong thread. Remember that busted boat I was fixing up? Well, I got the new engine installed and started. Friday, I put it in the water for the first time and it worked. I'm stoked. Hope you guys have a good Christmas. That's great to hear. I was kind of half expecting a horror story to do with your um, uh, your boat there. So I'm really happy that that's not the case. I was expecting about another thousand. Um, this comment is from just literally just a random jumble of letters. I think this is our friend who was saying, uh, Brad crystal meth co, uh, Evan, the sun life slave and everything like this. But now it's literally just, he mashed his face off the keyboard and it says, I am high in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> says it's actually going off my screen. Like I have this window not maximized and it's going completely off my screen. So he, um, was probably the one who suggested the Patreon exclusive episode where Ryan takes an apple and we try and guess in the middle of the episode where it kicks in. I think he just said screw it and decided to play the game himself. <laughs> Says if you guys could change one rule for the worst, would it be? Um, I feel like if the what would it be? I feel like if the NHL didn't add the rule of only one goalie per team on the ice, it would be hilarious to see both wings goalies out there last season. We would have gotten at least one other win. I'm seriously going to miss your Patreon episodes when the season comes to hear you call each other names uh, and shit is funny as hell. Also with Canada dropping the ball, where would you each like, to, where would you like to see each and every Canadian team play this upcoming season? It'd be fun to see a team in Houston, Seattle, and all the other player places that have rinks. The wings haven't played in 284 days. That is all. I expect you to say my full name, Ryan. No, I, I can't. There's not, there's no words on it. What do you mean to play? Quickly, us out? Just quickly. Just, um, 
turn the text to voice on on your computer and then just smash your head off the keyboard and see what noise comes out. Actually, you know what? While you're answering, think of your your um, worst rule change that you can possibly make to hockey, and I might try to copy that and do voice to text. Um, text to voice. Let, let's reverse it to uh, no forward passing. So everybody has to only do drop passes. Or uh, no, because I talked about this on the Patreon exclusive. Let's implement soccer style offside. There is the worst rule in sports. Let's put uh, it in hockey. Uh, and, and you guys shit on me when I said that that rule was ruining soccer. And now imagine it in hockey, you bastards. I'm making you think about it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get what you're saying. But um, I just wasn't ready to openly bash the sport of soccer like that. Oh, the, the sport is fine. The rule is awful. All right, I'm going to play this now. Uh, actually, Evan, you go. Evan's Evan, you're again. on mute again, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, the look that went with that was perfect. Oh, my goodness. What a day. Um, anyways, as I was saying before I was rudely interrupted, um, I was saying they reinstitute the two-line pass. I think that would actually be one of those things that pisses people off way more than they ever thought it would when they removed <laughs> it. And the other one, no body checking at all. Okay. I'm going to play this and I might have to clip it out, honestly. Is it going? I'm so that's not that's not good radio that's terrible <laughs> no I'm sorry Kaylin Wood says happy holidays everyone can't wait for 2020 to get trucked by cider and be sent into the past uh Kaylin we agree and happy holidays pal only Philip Zadina more days till we can do that Lonnie Zone says, hey, fellas, aside from the league doing something ridiculous to rescue teams in cap hell, do you think it's possible all the teams with cap trouble could get out of it by placing a player on LTIR if only to kick the can down the road and get the season started? I keep looking at Stamkos' contract and thinking they could shelve him for most, if not all, of the shortened season. The Steen and Boychuk LTIR moves have me thinking conspiratorially. Wondering if you guys could point out players on teams with cap issues to watch out for in case this becomes a trend would explain the lack of movement with the league gearing up to start. Happy holidays and thanks for all you guys do. A uh, couple things on that. One, the player would have to be willing and a doctor would have to sign off on it so they can't exactly make up injuries. Um, they would have to prove that it's severe enough to be on LTIR. Um off the top of my head, I can't think of any players on those teams. And B, I don't think the fact that none of these bad contracts have been moved yet is all that surprising. A, we just got a firm date on everything a couple days ago. So now these cap strap teams know their deadline. And B, the teams that have the cap space to do it, they're absolutely going to try and wait this out as long as they can because they know the closer we get to the deadline, these teams are going to panic and pay more of a premium to get cap compliant. So... I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see any of these moves until January, truthfully. Um, that being said, there might be some conditions where they have to speed it up because of quarantine protocols, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, the teams with the cap space are in no rush. They know they the longer they, they say no to the offers, the better the offers will get because these teams have no choice. They have to move contracts. Uh, Linda Hall says, just want to wish you and your families a very happy holiday season. I hope you get to relax and recharge before hockey is back. Thank you, Linda. Um, and I know I labeled this the pre-holiday episode, uh, but we literally decided last second to get one more episode in. So 
apologies for that. Um, but all your holiday wishes are so much appreciated. Cameron Swick says maybe it's the overall lack of hockey going on right now, but I have a new found, I have a newfound joy in trolling our own fan base on Facebook. Nothing malicious, but I'll say things like Helm should have this C. He's the most experienced and most skilled player on the team. It's fun to get some riled up. Oh, you've picked up too much from the Aussies. I swear. <laughs> uh vincent saladino says hello gentlemen and brad i'm behind on quite a few episodes so if you've already been asked or answered this i apologize i was wondering how i can stream world junior games i looked at the IIHF website and don't see an option for a subscription might be blind uh, but either way i'm looking forward to more hockey thanks in advance and happy holidays oh that's going to be on national tv here so that's uh not a great question for me so uh and generally ryan's the one who knows streams better than i do Oh, ho, ho, it's the pirate's life for me. Yep. (laughs) That's pretty much how it goes with uh, World Juniors. I don't know what the offerings change every year, and especially in COVID, like what, you know, NBC would typically stream something, but then it's like they're running a Dancing Dancing with the Stars rerun. Like, I don't really know. Yeah. And like, I mean... I'm the one who's got a wife that works for the telecom company that owns the NHL broadcast rates up here. So I, I haven't had to worry about streams lately. Um, uh, in the middle of me reading these out, one of my friends just put in a group chat that <laughs> they're pregnant. And I was like, I'm recording a pod. I can't react to this right now. Like I can't selfish. So uh, congratulations to them. I don't know if they want me to say their names a lot. Their family doesn't listen to this podcast, whatever. Um, <laughs> Cody Starks says, Sportsnet ranked all-time Russian players. Went Malkin at five, then Bure, Datsuk, Fedorov, and Ovechkin. My Penguins f- friend fan said, or my Penguins friend says Malkin should be two, hands down. I say Malkin and Fedorov are comparable slash debatable, but he says it's Malkin and not even close at two. Help me. Um, I could hear... An argument for Malkin at three. Um, I, I think they got to top two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it's all said and done, there'll be an argument for Malkin at, at two. I don't think it's crazy. Um, Malkin does seem low. And don't get me wrong, Pavel Datsuk and Pavel Barre are two of my favorite hockey players of all time. Not just Russians. Two of my favorite hockey players, full stop. Um, but Malkin, I mean, he's got a con Smythe. He's got a heart trophy to his name. He's done a lot. Uh, three Stanley Cups. Like, it's it's... As much as I love Bure and Datsuk, I mean, Datsuk doesn't have a single MVP to his name. He doesn't have a con Smythe to his name. He does have the two cups, and he was one of the top players in the league forever. But, I mean, when we look at the past, those types of things matter. So, yeah, it's I, w- I would put Malkin up to three just to be completely unbiased. Um, I still think this is the correct top five. Um, if we're just... if we're s- Speaking strictly NHL career, because if we're talking full body of work, I think there's arguments to be made for uh, Fatisov and a couple other players. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's a, the list is pretty close. Um, Hockey Virgin says, hey, guys, due to me being part of sport all my life, I always remember my rivals from way back. So my question is, who is your guys' rivals um, then and now? Also, why? Side question, Evan, what was your favorite outing of golf you played? Later, dudes, I'm at this moment in time going to drive out in the distance and scream after this performance the Lions had. Play along with what chances of... uh, Had play along with what chances of this season's. I don't really know if that was a typo or if it's just like a Lions fan neurosis taking over because I completely sympathize with that. Um, Biggest rival in sports. Like, are we talking personal? Oh, God. I don't know. Um... 
I can't say any one player because truthfully, I don't remember any of the uh, kids' names I played against. I I just know that for my age group in in rep hockey growing up, Woodstock was like our team. We just we met them in the playoffs every year. If we went to the finals, it would always be against them. Every game was close. Like, and for most age groups, Woodstock was never that good so i don't i don't know why the 87s were just unreal but yeah it was it was the woodstock junior navy vets for me Pro- probably the worst team name in southern ontario easily uh i played in windsor and there's two travel teams in windsor there's windsor and riverside so i played for riverside so windsor was my rival forever mm, that's just how it goes we always had a good rivalry with kitchener crosstown rivals Oh yeah, you played for Waterloo. You were the heathens. I forgot about yes. that. Your your uh, my age group for Waterloo wasn't particularly strong, so that was nice. Didn't have to worry about you guys all that much. <laughs> um, Liz B says, "I just want to say thank you for giving me some sense of normalcy in this gigantic shit show of a year." Liz, thank you for allowing us to do so, and have a wonderful holiday. Try to get some rest, maybe. Yeah. TJ Nasty says, happy holidays, guys. I just wanted to let you guys know I appreciate all the content and work you put into the pod. You guys have kept a lot of sad Red Wings fans engaged in content through a wild year. I'm interested to know, are any of you pregame drinkers before getting on the ice for a game? I could see Brad letting loose and enjoying a couple of pops, as the great Mickey would say, out onto the ice. Cheers, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks again for everything. Oh, my God. No. God, no. I'm too old to be able to pull that off effectively. Um, If it was for a shinny maybe like i mean the other hockey i play i wouldn't be able to keep up with if i did that i would just die um i'm a big post-game beer guy if that counts <laughs> like in the parking lot half yeah. foot of snow no problem but yeah pre no god no absolutely not the easiest beer to drink is in the dressing room after a tough game yeah a thousand percent and it all kind of tastes the same so it really doesn't <laughs> matter what it is it tastes uh, like sweat gatorade and satisfaction um okay adam kauser says i read a tweet that says yager playing pro today would be like a draft pick from this year playing in the till the 2050 2051 season which is absolutely insane what it fails to mention is the player from this year would also have to grow a sick mullet and sleep with models who unsuccessfully blackmail them <laughs> that's where that's he changes a, youth that's a high bar to make uh, Garrett TV, who knows us all too well, says, you assholes better not have recorded this episode before the league's official return to play news. Yay, <laughs> hockey. Can't wait to see us rolling four lines, getting pucks deep, grinding it out in the corners, and most importantly, keeping our sticks on the ice. Hashtag Larkin for captain. Let's go Red Wings. Better be. Um, Sam W says, who are you guys most excited to watch for each team at this year's World Juniors? Do you guys have any go-to holiday season albums? Uh, Jacob Miller Natty Christmas is a staple for this time of year in our house. It's full of good tidings and cheer. Be well and happy holidays. Uh, my wife's a huge Michael Bublé fan, so I get that whether I want it or not. Um, God, t- player I'm lo- most looking forward to for each team. All right, how do I cherry pick this? Uh, Sweden, I'll go with the obvious one and Lucas Raymond. Yep. Uh, Finland, I'll go with Emil Vero. Uh, the <laughs> Czech Republic, I'll go with Jan Bednash. Uh, <laughs> now I actually have to do some thinking, uh, for team Canada, I'm actually going to go with Bowen Byram. I think he could be a huge X factor in this tournament for the States. Uh, I'm going to go with Cole Caulfield. 
he's still he's playing, right? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, Cole Caulfield. Uh, Russia. I'm still super intrigued with Vasily Podkolzin, even if he's uh, a Canucks pick. I I still don't fully know what to make of him, so I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Uh, Germany, everybody's name who I knew isn't playing. So I'm just going to go with Stutzla out of, he's the only one I know. <laughs> Cause well, is Paterka playing? It'd be Stutzla either way. I don't know if I forgot any countries. Paterka's Aust- playing. Yeah. Yeah. It'll still be Stutzla. Uh, I think Austria is playing. So I'll say Rossi for obvious reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I won't go through and change that because you hit the red wings nail on the head and that's all I really care about. There we go. Um, if Sabrango was there, I would have picked Sabrango over yep. Byram. Yeah, agreed. Um, Josh Yelton. Oh, in holiday traditions. And I'll go home for the first three days. Uh, nice time with my family. After the 72-hour grace period is over, they start asking me why I never became a doctor. And I start to play my return. So that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh I don't Yelton. have a ton. So, yeah. I'm a big fan of Christmas jazz. I think I like jazz. That was an accident. I never meant to, but Christmas jazz is really good. Just put it on in the background while you cook. Uh, Josh Yelton says January 13th. Can't come soon enough. Can't wait to have the Red Wings uh, back and see what this roster can do. Do you guys know if this confirms that the AHL season is also confirmed or is that separate? Thanks boys and cheers. I think February 1st. I was actually, I should have got more info. I was actually talking to a guy I know who plays in the AHL a couple weeks ago and he, he's still, as far as he knows, uh, first week of February is still a go, but obviously that was before the NHL news broke. So I don't know if that's changed anything. That's their target is February 5th. Yeah. So, um, they still like lots of things are fluid, but it's not like the NHL where they had to work out a bunch of like, you know, contentious negotiation stuff. It's literally all, can we afford this and can we facilitate it? So they're shooting for February 5th. Uh, AJ Voss says, I think Zadina's injury is serious only because he didn't tweet to reassure us. In other news, he apparently bought a retire number 91 shirt. And if that's true, he's quickly on his way to becoming the darling of Red Wings stand Twitter. Also, y'all didn't see that the wings made unique were back gifts for all the players to post on social media. I think it could be start to utilizing players, individual socials more, which would be really cool. Yeah, I'm all for it. Like promote the brand. Uh, Wingnut says, why am I so optimistic to watch the wings this year? Um, because a, a hole in your life has just been refilled. Doesn't matter what that hole did to you before or the, what filled the hole. Anyways, this is going in a weird direction. I'm going to go to the next comment. <laughs> Stevie Langerman says, Hey gents, as always, thanks for the content. Been loving the interviews you're bringing in as well lately. Keep them coming. My question this week, do you see the NHL creating opportunities with VR this upcoming season to attend games with how cash strapped the leak is? I don't know why or how they wouldn't do this. Then they can sell virtual tickets to watch games, get some kind of gate revenue again. I know it's not ideal, but better than nothing, right? Wings and pizza for life. And as always, let's go Red Wings. Um, I know NBA does or did this with courtside, and I think it's brilliant. Like for people with VR headsets and and virtual reality, anything, um, it's like you're sitting in the stands. And if you turn your head, you turn as if like the, the, like you can watch whatever part of the play you want. I really don't see why the NHL doesn't do like five, 10, $15 tiers for the games, put them in different parts of the stands. Then it's cheap, but a lot of people will do it. I, you, it's an easy way to make money. You're right. They'd be, they'd be stupid not to. And like, I just want to hear people yelling, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'd spend the 10 to $20. 
Evan, you can give me the $10 and just put me on speakerphone and I'll do it for you. Shoot. He's behind the net. Shoot. <laughs> just reminds me of that one vi- that one picture that surfaces every couple months on Twitter of Danny Heatley asking for the one-timer and he's like four feet off the goal line against the boards in traffic. <laughs> Art of war. The goalie won't expect it. <laughs> <laughs> um okay next comment is from kyle says first things first merry christmas and happy holidays to all am i just crazy or do the wings have a long shot to be the fourth team in if they get on a hot streak it's not unheard of video bender uh stay fresh cheese bags of fournier company says to the tune of brotherhood of man from how to succeed in business without really trying i don't i don't know that (laughs) i don't know that you go Am I less cultured than you guys think I am? Because that makes me sad twice. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm sorry. And you better. S- you know what it is? No. Yeah. Oh, I do. Uh, and he says, and you'd better sing it, Ryan. I should look this up next time. I really should pre-read these. <laughs> no, it's more fun this way. <laughs> it says, oh, I can't wait to see more goals from Anthony and points from Captain Dylan Larkin. I apologize for the disappointment. Talk to my parents about it. There's, they have a club and a shirt and everything. Uh, anyways, hockey's coming back just in time to help me fend off this crushing hopelessness I've been enduring since about oh mid-March-ish. So it's about time for me to fire up fantasy hockey. Oh, yeah, fantasy hockey. Evan. That should work this year. I'll uh, do a quick Google, but I'll go on mute. So if I start talking, <laughs> please alert me. What do you do on Zoom calls at work? I'm muted all the time. And you just never speak? No, I do when I need to speak, but I can't so you- get a word in around here. So I just <laughs> leave myself on mute. <laughs> all right. All right. Evan embarrasses us at the end of the episode. Whatever. Uh, t- time for me to fire up fantasy hockey, figure out how I'm going to watch the Red Wings in New York, and then do something about this boner. <laughs> stay fresh cheese bags okay um that wraps it for this episode again guys there's gonna be another episode coming to you on the 23rd um stay tuned for that this is the end of our off season hockey is coming back um you'll hear from us again before christmas but for everyone have a wonderful wonderful holiday a merry christmas a happy new year um anything that you celebrate this holiday season uh we hope it's safe um, and we hope you uh, have a great time and get some much needed rest as we approach um, hockey coming back. I'll probably repeat this holiday message 11 times because of how wacky the schedule is because that's what the NHL has done to us. For now, we'd like to thank all of our name level sponsors on Patreon, Arjun Shanker, Kyle, R.A., Hi Brad, Zach Spring, Citizen High Five, Cody Stark, Greech, Jeremiah Dobo, Jake Kiefer, uh, the mishmash of letters with I am high in the middle. Uh, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Craig Kibble, Brandon M., Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Kaylin Wood, Hassam Al Qasem, Charlie Elkins, Hana Lee, Josh Yelton, Trevor Pevavar, Evans Bingo Card, Ashley Van Conant, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Matthew Keeler, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, a Fournier Company, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, Joseph Minima, Quaz and Stan Olson. Cheers, everyone. We're doing this thing. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.